Welcome, everyone, to a very special conversation today. I've got Aaron from Altcoin Daily, the more handsome half of the Altcoin Daily duo. Aaron, welcome. Appreciate that, Lark. Uh, big fan of your channel for a while. We reference some of your tweets and perspective all the time on our channel. Awesome to be here. Super excited to have a conversation with you today. And of course, you guys have been just killing the game on uh, content creation. I mean, the daily upload schedule, having done daily upload schedules previously, I know is some brutal content creation. And, you know, it's obviously paid off. You guys, over a million subs. I saw you got your, your silver plaque from YouTube recently. So congratulations on that. Gold now. Yeah, silver. Oh, gold. gold. Yeah, sorry, gold. Yep, that's it. It's very exciting. Yeah, man, appreciate that. Just, uh, you know, trying to provide that awesome crypto value. If we've made it anywhere, which we have, it's because of you, the fans. So guys, let's get this video to one of our number ones. Smash up the like button, share it all over. I'm going to be sharing with you what's in my portfolio today. I'm going to be sharing with you my top crypto conspiracies, a lot of juicy stuff we can go over. And of course, you know, I never want to rest on my laurels. My goal is to get bigger and better. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to 2024 and 2025 with Bitcoin and crypto generally. Bring on the bull run. Well, let's start with that. I think this is a nice juicy place to start our conversation is what is currently in your cryptocurrency portfolio? Inquiring minds want to know. Let's get into it. What's in my crypto portfolio? First of all, you know, I take on a lot of risk. I follow the market every day. I don't expect everybody to be as crazy as me with content creation, putting out a video every day. And I don't expect anybody to be as crazy as me with as many alts as I hold. But, you know, I've, I've drank the Kool-Aid. I'm into it. I'm following it every day. But, you know, to start from top to bottom, the majority of my portfolio is Bitcoin and Ethereum. You know, with these bear markets, it really helps have the, the portfolio hold value. There's so much reason to be bullish on Bitcoin still. I mean, regulatory approval for pretty much every nation, government, uh, corporation, private entity, they're all getting on board with Bitcoin. The BlackRock ETF or whoever ETF is coming up, that's going to be a huge catalyst. Not to mention, there's still a lot of interesting things going on in Bitcoin with Bitcoin ordinal NFTs and a token ecosystem developing. So it's still going to be part of the conversation. Now talking about Ethereum, plenty of reason to be bullish on Ethereum. Uh, deflationary, way better tokenomics than I've ever seen it after we completed the merge, EIP 1559. Plenty of developments coming down the line. And of course, a blossoming uh, Ethereum L2 ecosystem. And I actually think what we're going to see is a lot of consolid, not a lot, but like significant consolidation into Bitcoin, into Ethereum, still going into the next couple of years. However, now that we get that out of the way, let's talk about some juicy alts in my portfolio. So, uh, you know, I'm, although I just said that I think we're going to see consolidation into Ethereum, I'm still bullish on alternative L1s. So we have the Cardanos, we have the Avalanches, we have the Solanos, the Aptoses, the Multiverse Xs, I own almost all of those, don't own any Aptos. Um, and I don't know which one's going to succeed, but I do think that, you know, the value is going to accrue on those base layers. You know, the internet blew up in the in the 90s and we had a lot of businesses building on top of the internet, but the value couldn't accrue to anything that I could own. I couldn't really own a piece of value when it comes to the internet, but you can own a part of those base layers when it comes to crypto. So, you know, I own some L1s. I guess if I were to just say, Altcoins generally that I'm most bullish on going into the future of this next cycle, it would be gaming coins and Ethereum L2s. You know, yeah, Ethereum's 
in a pretty unique spot compared to where it was every other cycle. So when I say Ethereum L2s, Optimism, Arbitrum, Polygon, Starknet doesn't have a coin, but I'm bullish on that. Stello just recently turned into an Ethereum L2. And, you know, you just look to see which ones have stuff going on. Polygon, killing it when it comes to being a sidechain slash L2. DraftKings mm -hmm. NFTs, Reddit NFTs, literally onboarding millions and millions of users. Toyota, Disney Partnership, Adobe, eBay, Starbucks, just continuing down the list of altcoins that I own and I'm bullish on. Just to mention a few more, and you can see my, you know, the full list on my channel. I mean, literally, there's a lot of them, including meme coins like Pepe and Grumpy Cat. But like, you know, Dogecoin is like a wild card that I own a, a very small piece of only, you know, preparing for this next bull run. And it's really just because Elon really likes Dogecoin and what he's doing with uh, mm -hmm. the X platform, Twitter platform. I mean, he could easily send it easily, but it's just a big wild card. Um, I'm more bullish on XRP than I ever have been, only because they recently got regulatory clarity to a large extent in the US. Um, and that is a big deal. You know, now with the bull run coming up, I can see, you know, banks and different entities actually, uh, you know, working with XRP more than they have in a while. And then there's others, you know, we could talk about Gala or, you know, Fetch AI or, or Chili's, but those are kind of the big ones. And I just say again, gaming and Ethereum L2s, because we really haven't seen a big gaming push. I mean, Axie Infinity did happen, but I'm talking about what we saw with NFTs, where it just became totally frothy. We haven't seen that with gaming yet. So bullish on gaming and bullish on Ethereum L2s. It's pretty interesting with the gaming things. I really think we're going to see it come raging back. If you look at actually what's going on behind the scenes, I know we had our early sort of iteration of gaming coins and it's very exciting and a lot of money was made and then a lot of money was lost. Um, but we look at some really big builders that we have coming up, some really great looking games that are going to blow everything that came out last season absolutely out of the water. And there'll be new things that lose lots of money, new things that make lots of money, all that kind of stuff. So that's definitely part of the conversation there. If you had to choose maybe one gaming altcoin that you were most bullish on, what would it be? That's a good question, man. That's a good question. <laughs> I, know, I know, right? <laughs> I'm not a big gamer like I am into crypto, so I'm not actively playing these. So I might sound dumb, you know, saying one that maybe is just mid, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, certainly Star Atlas on Solana. And I have to go look, go back and look at my like gaming list, a video I made a, a, a few weeks ago. So, but I guess I'll say Star Atlas. What, what do you think, yeah. Lark? Tell me the good ones. I like Luvium right now. I don't know if you had a chance to look into that, um, but that's that's a great looking game. That I don't play games. This crypto is my game. This is the game that I play. But I realize that gaming is what $150 billion a year industry or something like that. Gaming's big. And we're seeing all the biggest gaming studios getting into gaming. Like there's something there. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and it's blockchain gaming, right? Blockchain gaming. And so mm -hmm. we're seeing more and more of these companies get on board with it. And some have been resistant, but I think the early movers like Square Enix, for example, the makers behind Final Fantasy. That is more indicative of where the future is going because some of these gaming companies see that, yes, on-chain ownership is going to be a big thing. Look at what's happening with Polygon and onboarding all these users. So the potential's there. And I, I'd say, I'd echo that and say, you know, I'm friendly with Elliot from Elio Trades. He has the Imposters game. I have played that. It is fun. It's an NFT crypto game. But I would say the reason I'm so bullish on gaming, because I don't, I, you know, you're sensing I don't like have them all picked out just yet. But the reason I'm bullish on gaming is because any game can like onboard millions and millions of people and it'll have little to do with, you know, the price of Bitcoin or the interest rates or, or whatever, you know, is mm -hmm. happening there. It's going to have to do with the, you know, the fun of the game. And that's, you know, really something that um, I'm looking forward to.
if anything, people are going to play more games with a, a new Great Depression and all businesses closing up and all that other stuff. People are going to have no choice but to go on chain and try to make a living playing crypto mm -hmm. games. And I've, I've played games before in my life. I'm a Mario guy, just so everybody knows. N64 Mario Kart. I'm not a, you know, complete, you know, guy who's never played games. Back in the N64 days, man, GoldenEye, that was my jam. Holy cow. Played so much of that. We talked about Layer 2s. So I don't want to dig in on this a little bit more. Have you been farming any chains? Like, I, before we hopped on this call, I was doing my sort of weekly farming checklist. But have you been farming any of these potential airdrops that we have coming up? And have you been using some of these newer chains like Base, which has said they're not going to do an airdrop, but you never know. Let me know. I'm uh, bridging on to Base soon. Um, chains that I use regularly, um, well, for Layer 1s, obviously Bitcoin and Ethereum. For Layer 2s, uh, Polygon, uh I've used, uh, I'm staking some injective right now. As far as like farming other chains, like, you know, we did for like um, uh, Optimism or something. I'm not really doing any of that right now, but there's plenty of opportunity there, I would say. You know, it takes up most of my time is general research and covering the market and, and making content. But I mean, there's a lot of reason to be, you know, using, you know, Starknut that they'll probably, you know, drop a token. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Look for those airdrops, guys. Money has been made. We talk about this all the time here on the channel. I'm sure you guys covering the, the riches made from airdrops as well. And I want to talk about your favorite crypto conspiracy. This is something I thought would be interesting to talk about because we we make content a lot and we talk about all, all the stuff that's going on in the industry, you know, whether it's the CIA created Bitcoin or what's behind BlackRock's Bitcoin play or any of this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. what's your favorite crypto conspiracy? Cryptocurrency has a lot of conspiracies that a lot of people don't know about, but they should know about. So if I were to say Sam Bankman-Fried conspiracy, there's actually two I want to touch on. But have you heard anything about any sort of Sam Bankman-Fried conspiracy, Lark? Yeah, I mean, I definitely heard some some rumors, but I, I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Now, you know, can I prove any of this? No, but particularly the first one. I've heard from very reliable sources that, you know, this is kind of true. And so what I'm talking about first is that Sam Bankman-Fried and a small group of insiders invented, created, and pumped Shiba Inu. Have you heard this? Mm, I think I saw you posting something about this, and I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, but like from, from very reliable sources, I've heard this. So him and Shiba Inu was created in 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so or maybe late, super late, like December 2020, maybe something like that. Yeah. yeah. Him and a select group of insiders basically planned to pump and dump a meme coin. And, you know, this was back when Sam Bankman Fried was in the good graces of crypto. So obviously he couldn't attach his name in good faith to a meme project. And, you know, there is even, you know, some people say there's even screenshots from this original, uh, you know, group message he was on. And, you know, it was all like, uh, you know, thought about it. you know he donated a large chunk to vitalik uh to make news and to justify really pushing this into the news and you know think about it shiba inu right away was getting connected with all these big exchanges coinbase mm -hmm. listing them mm -hmm. how did that happen it's because an exchange insider knew what needed what criteria needed to be met to get it on so sam bankman fried created shiba inu i think that's likely to be true combine this with a conspiracy theory that I've heard, and I don't know if this one's true. Sam Bankman-Fried, how did he get his billions? Like, what's the story? How did Sam Bankman-Fried get his billions? What's the official story? Yeah, we made it all off of uh, making genius bets and making money from, you know, the FTX exchange, stealing mm -hmm. it, I guess, in the end. But... Genius bets, 
arbitrary yeah um ftx exchange and originally it was said that he made his money through arbitraging through the asian markets finding such great arbitrage and using enough money he was able to make hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars originally okay that might be true that's very possible but did he really make all that money that way mm. another theory i heard was that sam bankman fried is the next person to really get the uh the jeffrey epstein money and of course it's not really jeffrey mm. epstein it's Jelaine maxwell's father's money mm. and there's a lot of connections there but you know really the most interesting thing is that jeffrey epstein died in 2019 died in 2019 and then it was about a year later where sbf really propagated all these millions billions of dollars and you know some people suspect that he got Jeffrey Epstein's money, or at least part of it. I don't know. What do you think about that? We're Mark? so getting this video demonetized, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've always had this this weird feeling that whenever everything wants to start going down with FTX, I was I started thinking, was the entire FTX thing an inside job? Was this all some crazy psyop created with the intention of committing massive fraud in order to? launder truckloads of money for insiders in DC and to then provide the justification to go after the entire cryptocurrency industry. Everything's working kind of okay-ish. There's not these giant justifications. When everything starts to collapse, all these politicians get to come out and say, oh, look at this bad example here. This is why we see SBF continually getting off on all these charges. And I don't know what's going to end up with his court case, but if this guy doesn't end up serving a lot of time, I mean, that's really like the smoking gun that this was probably an inside job by, you know, the powers that be, the CIA or whoever else it might have been. They do this kind of stuff. Whether it was Epstein or not, it's a fact. SBF well-connected, well-connected, donating millions to politicians. And um, whether it's the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy or another one, or the Shib Shiba Inu one, you know SBF is involved in some crazy things. Yep. That's it. It's dirty. It's dirty. I love it. I want to switch gears a little bit. What's the biggest mistake that you've ever made personally in crypto? The dumbest thing you've ever done? Losing money or whatever yeah. it might be. The biggest mistake that I've ever made in crypto. I mean, generally, a big mistake I always make is not selling enough near the tops and not buying enough near the bottoms. You know, I know mm. a lot of people think that I can easily do it, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard for us as well, obviously. And We're just you know, people. Dude, we're, we're subject to the same fear and greed, guys. The conservative Bitcoin maxis were the only ones saying, you know, Bitcoin's just going to get to 100K last cycle. And obviously it didn't get that. But, you know, if I had to name like a really big mistake that I've made, um, you know, always, guys, measure twice, cut once, as they say, you know, check things. Um, because I've actually made a big mistake transferring coins to the wrong wallet. And uh, it was just a stupid mistake. And, uh, I lost a significant amount of money that way. Um, but, you know, just generally, um, I haven't sold enough near the tops, haven't bought enough near the bottoms. What, what would you say, Lark? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely uh, the classic. And I feel the same way. I, I was patting myself on the back last bull and I was like, ah, oh, I did really good. And then the bear market came. I was like, I probably should have done a lot better in terms of <laughs> selling my altcoins and stuff like that. What was I thinking? And of course, you know, I was very much on the 100K Bitcoin train and I was wrong. And the great part about creating content is that when you're wrong, you get to be super wrong in public and everybody can remind you about it for the next couple of years, which is always fun. 
that that is true you know yeah another big mistake i mean yeah here's the thing guys i've made tons of mistakes because i'm putting out a video every day covering the cryptocurrency market and in such a nascent industry when things change so fast um and you're covering stuff based on daily news it's just you make tons of mistakes and it's just par for the course i'm not uh complaining about it but i mean i've certainly made tons of mistakes in crypto yeah, it, it happens. It happens to everybody. I feel like if you haven't made mistakes in crypto, you're probably not doing very much with crypto. You have like, I don't know, 10 bucks of the Bitcoin sitting on Coinbase. And that's a mistake in itself in a weird way, you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, it's, of course, important to realize we all make mistakes. What was your biggest single win? What is the one coin that made you the most amount of money? Before we get to the exact coin, I mean, my single biggest win in crypto buying Bitcoin and Ethereum relentlessly in 2018 and 2019 and really not giving into the thought that Bitcoin's going away or Ethereum's broken mm -hmm. or not going to gain traction. That was a big win. And then just another general big, big win was sticking with, you know, the market in the in the bear time. It's like we have been experiencing. I mean, really, when they say, you know, it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. That's 100 percent true. Even if you're even if you just bought the conservative coins, back in a bear market, you know, in 2018 of Bitcoin and Ethereum, you did very well because the whole market went up. Now, as far as a specific coin that's made me the most money, I made some money off meme coins like a few months ago. I guess you could say I made some money on, um, made a little bit of money on Grumpy Cat. Um, oh, Red Fox back in 2021 made some money on that. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, I'd say those two. Yeah, nice. What about nice. you, well, uh, two things is um, I remember the days of buying Ethereum under 200 bucks back in the day. And I was just like all the money I was getting, I was like, throw it all on Ethereum, throw it all on Ethereum, throw it on. And of course, those buys are still feeling pretty good today for the Ethereum that I still have that I bought back then. Right. Time in the market. Right. Especially accumulating during bear markets. If you're mm -hmm. ever looking to buy now is the time to be buying not financial advice, of course, but during a bear market. Uh, and my biggest single winner. It's hard to say exactly, but probably, probably Matic, probably Matic. I don't know, just like Matic was just like, it went. I had a big bag of Matic and then I got a bigger bag of Matic uh, when it was early 2021 or late 2022 or late 2020 or early 2021. And yeah, it just went nuts. It went nuts. It was just well-timed position and they got the right narratives behind it. And yeah, it went totally crazy. That was probably one of my biggest wins in crypto dude you were smart dude i remember being in like 2020 maybe it was maybe it was 2019 uh tone vase you know great guy bitcoin maximalist came to la and did a meetup and i attended that and then i was just like talking to some other people at his meetup and this one guy named rocky he was like maddox different dude you got to get some maddox it's, it's gonna like blow up and i was like yeah okay i, I might have owned a very small heard round, that one before really did blow up so congrats to you <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congrats <laughs> to you and Rocky for doing so good on that. It's tough to know which ones are going to be the winners, right? And sometimes you just get that the spider sense in the back of your brain. And sometimes you get that spider sense and then it goes, there's that that famous meme, which I've seen you guys share before, is the, the one that you buy goes up, the one that you just sold goes up, and the one that you hold goes down 99%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it sometimes sure. no. Now, this is, this is an interesting question that I wrote down here because I wanted to ask you today. See, as content creators, we're in very privileged positions to be able to talk to some very interesting people. And you guys have talked to some super interesting people over time. And so I wanted to ask you, what's the best interview that you've ever done? And what was the lesson that you learned from that guest? Starting off, a few of my favorite interviews that we've ever done on Altcoin Daily. 
Michael Saylor, Mark Yasko, Mark Cuban, Gene Simmons, Kevin Smith, and Spike Lee. You know, my original passion was filmmaking, so I love when we get the get the you know movie people on like Kevin Smith or Spike Lee. But if, I guess if I had to narrow it down, and Mark Yasko is really like the least famous one of that group, but he just brought so much perspective and value, and he really does engage with your content after you release it. So got to throw him for one of the best interview guests ever. But if I were to narrow it down, best interview ever, and what did I learn? I mean, I really liked Mark Cuban and I really liked Gene Simmons. With Gene Simmons, you know, he was into crypto, but, you know, obviously his thing in general is just business and branding. Yeah. And he talked a lot to uh, uh, a lot to us about, you know, how important it is for branding. You know, he comes from a, uh, uh, you know, he doesn't, he's not crypto native. He doesn't know everything about crypto, but he's like, what's up with Cardano? The coin should be called Cardano. Nobody knows what ADA is. It's so important that you get the branding right. So, you know, generally I like that about Gene Simmons. And then mark he's the wait, he, gene simmons he's the kiss guy right dude exactly dude kiss I, uh yeah I was like are we talking about the same gene simmons that's awesome dude he was on cnbc he was on cnbc talking about crypto in 2021 and they only had him for like a 10 minute segment and the guy likes to talk which is good and he was like basically trashing them at the end he's like why are you guys cutting me off i have stuff to say on crypto and then a couple <laughs> months later we got him on the channel nice. um but then with uh mark cuban um, I don't know. I learned so much from him. I've been a fan of him, him, his for such a long time since uh, Shark Tank. And I don't know, you know, Mark Cuban keeps it real. It was sometime in 2021. He came on our channel and, you know, really just keeping it real with like the problems that Axie Infinity was having. They couldn't mm -hmm. subsidize, uh, you know, unless they figure out how to transition from subsidizing, you know, the on-chain growth to really getting that, you know, organic traction, you know, nothing is going to change. And it's really, you talked about it being all about users. So I really learned a lot from Mark Cuban as far as, you know, really how to evaluate these projects. And they're not that different, these altcoins, some of them um, from small businesses. Of course, the protocol mm -hmm. itself is different, but the teams implementing them, um, not not so different. It's pretty cool to have the, the chance to speak to billionaires it's pretty interesting and of course then to speak to them and know that they're like super knowledgeable on like what's mark cuban was really in the weeds there for a while on DeFi and some of these low cap tokens and like it was that was pretty interesting to see now sure. speaking of speaking of billionaires um elon musk is doing some crazy stuff recently so obviously he's rebranded twitter to x and there's a lot of speculation that x as a payments application which elon has stated he wants to make it a payments application is going to bring crypto on board, maybe Dogecoin, Bitcoin. Who knows? We don't know that yet, but what are your thoughts on this? What Elon Musk is doing with Twitter slash X is generally speaking, in my opinion, very, very good for crypto because the alternative of Jack Dorsey still being the CEO and them doing kind of some stuff with Bitcoin, that was, that was okay, that was cool. But Elon Musk is really taking it up to another order of magnitude. And whether that means, you know, obviously NFTs, um, are already a part of Twitter. Jack Dorsey did do that, where you can verify that the NFT on your picture is um, an actual NFT on the blockchain. But whether Elon Musk you know, does this with Dogecoin or just crypto generally, and I think it's very likely, even if it starts with just Dogecoin or just Bitcoin and Ethereum, it's going to be multi-chain. Um, I do think that it's going to be big for crypto, even if it's just big on him promoting it. The guy gets a lot of uh, eyeballs on his marketing and what he has to say. Yeah. And, you know, varying, you know, I'm, I'm no Elon Stan, although I like him, you know, his businesses in the past have had varying degrees of success. 
based on what he said the success was going to be. So, you know, the tunnel going from Vegas to LA, that didn't really happen. Um, I would say that's kind of a, an L for him, but a W for him was making uh, electric cars cool. Back before Elon really took Tesla off the ground, electric cars were not cool. He made it cool. And then of course, SpaceX is really exciting. They sell tons of things to NASA. So that's, that's a big win. Um, Neuralink, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but I would get into crypto before Elon fully integrates crypto into X because it's going to happen. 400 million monthly active users on on the X app. And of course, PayPal dropped their bombshell this week. Again, 400 million uh, active users on PayPal, which are now going to get access to a great fiat on and off ramp. So we have some really big things happening right now in the uh, cryptocurrency space. And of course, then there's the Bitcoin ETFs, which do you think we're going to get one approved this year? I mean, now we're hearing rumors that it's going to happen in the next four to six months. And then we have Kathy Wood saying once one gets approved, they're all going to get approved. And then some people are saying, well, Grayscale is going through a little bit of a lawsuit with the SEC right now. If they're forced to make a conclusion, a verdict on that lawsuit and Grayscale you know, wins to you know, any, any degree, they're going to have to approve an ETF before the six months because they're going to approve, make Grayscale into a Bitcoin spot ETF. And uh, then they're going to approve it for others. So, I mean... Whether that's going to happen this year, I don't know. I think it's pretty likely uh, it's going to happen um, in the next six months to a year for sure. Got some traffic behind me. But here's the thing. This, this is why it's so cool, Lark. You talked about PayPal. You talked about uh, Spot Bitcoin, ETF, BlackRock. For the past several years, I mean, even the past 14 years in cryptocurrency, it's been a major concern. Is crypto going to be snuffed out? Is it going to be... Um, you know, really, uh, you know, a hostile, a hostile environment between the governments and and between the protocols. And what we've been seeing in the past several years has been such green flags for crypto. For instance, PayPal in 2020, they announced to the world, November 2020, we're, we're going to be listing Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin and Bcash. So huge. I mean, that started that was one of the things that, you know, started the, the bull run in 2021. Now we have this happening right before the bull run in 2020. We'll see. But, you know, there were, there were some problems at first with PayPal and that, oh, you couldn't transfer the assets out of it. But what people didn't realize is PayPal is so tight with Wall Street and governments and regulators. They're not doing this because crypto is going to go away in a couple of years. They're doing this mm -hmm. to try and get some market share on the next couple of decades. And then what I like to see is so they did that in 2020, November, and there, we've seen a continuation of them getting into crypto more. So then they made it so you can transfer the assets out of your PayPal wallet. Huge deal. And now mm -hmm. they're making their own stablecoin. Can the stablecoin be frozen? Is it permission? Just like PayPal. Yes. But it's just 400 million people plus growing. That line is trending up into the right as more people mm -hmm. get online. Have access to Web3 apps, to exchanges, to all these Web3 products that you need a stablecoin for. It's really cool. And then BlackRock, of course. Again, so tight with the regulators, they're doing this not because there's a might be a problem with crypto in 2023, 2024 to set themselves up for the next decade. Yep. And just wait until PayPal announces integrations with Aave or Maker or Curve Finance or something like that. This stuff's coming. Like it's 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 going to happen. Now, I want to get you out of here on this question. Kathy Wood, she recently came out and reaffirmed her belief that Bitcoin could go as high as 
1.5 million dollars by 23rd now if you have if anyone out there hasn't seen the arc invest report on that go download arc invest report super interesting on new innovation and technology but the breakdown on their case for the bear case for bitcoin by 2030 was like six hundred thousand dollars the mid case is like almost a million and the bull case is 1.5 million dollars as a top potential price in just set a few years I guess I'm going to say seven years, but it's closer to six years now. We're almost to 2024. Goodness gracious. So what do you think? Bitcoin to be, at first she said 1 million by 2030. And then after all of everything that happened in the last couple of years, she said Bitcoin's coming out smelling like a rose versus all this leverage being fleshed out versus all this fraud versus all this regulatory risk. Bitcoin's coming out smelling like a rose. So by 2030, I'm actually increasing my prediction from 1 million to 1.5 million and as you said, her actual report, the Big Ideas report, Ark Invest puts out, they actually do a good job of really breaking it down. Where is that demand coming from? Demand versus supply. Now, here's the thing. I, you know, I've, I've drank the Kool-Aid in crypto. I totally believe in Bitcoin. I believe in the asset class. I think that Bitcoin will hit a million dollars someday. Will it hit it by 2030? I don't know. I mean, I would have thought uh, Tim Draper's prediction by 2022, which didn't end up happening, but quarter million by 2022. I, you know, back in the day, I would have thought that would have happened. It didn't. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm going to say I, I'm, I wouldn't wait for, uh, you know, Bitcoin to hit 1.5 million before I sell. If I was holding a large chunk and I hadn't sold any to that point, I mean, I definitely, if, if it gets above a, here's the thing. I think where we got to hit first is Bitcoin taking gold's market cap. Bitcoin, digital gold, and a lot of reasons to think Bitcoin's better than gold. And the world mm -hmm. is trending more digital anyways. And if Bitcoin took gold's market cap, it'd be about half a million dollars, a little over half a million dollars. And that, I think, can definitely happen by 2030. Now, a million to 1.5 million, hey, it can happen. Is it going to be overvalued at that point? Hey, I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, that's kind of my nuanced thoughts. The Pi cycle top indicator will be flashing when it hits 1.5 million. That's for sure. W one thing interesting here too is that um, you mentioned go the gold market cap of gold. See, the top five gold ETFs they have about 110 billion dollars between them. Gold has a market cap of around 12 to 13 trillion dollars right now. The estimates for a Bitcoin ETF is that it's going to drive 20 to 30 billion dollars worth of demand. So we're going to see 20 to $30 billion go into these new Bitcoin ETF products when they get launched. So that's, let's just say, 30% of the value of gold ETFs. So we're going to have 30% as much money in Bitcoin ETFs versus gold ETFs, although gold is an asset class that's, what, 30 times bigger than Bitcoin right now? I feel like there's some mismatch in math there that needs some attention from the crypto community, to be honest. I see what you're saying, definitely. Yeah. Bitcoin to the moon, guys. Bitcoin to the moon. Aaron, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for sharing your insights with everyone here on the channel. Obviously, if you're not following Altcoin Daily already, you probably are. But if you're not, go and follow them. Make sure to follow them on YouTube and, of course, over on Twitter as well, where they're sharing all kinds of great news, updates, and insights. Aaron, thank you so much. Thank you, Lark. And I encourage anybody watching from Altcoin Daily audience, give Lark a follow. I've been following him for a long time. Uh, you put out great content. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you.